whatever day it might be that you're catching this listening, but um, for us, it is Thursday. And I am Rachel Vogt. This is a Good Girls Guide podcast, too, or something to that effect, or whatever. And uh, I'm super excited. I say that every time that we do a podcast, of course, but I always am. This is a really great space for me. Um, and today we have a special guest, which is fantastic. Uh, for you, if you were new, you're probably not. It'd be very rare of that in season three that you just happen to be a newbie, unless somebody's introduced you, which is so cool. I appreciate that. But if you are new, um, find my info in the description the bio somewhere there's a link i'm sure if, if you find for some reason that we're able to connect or you're feeling this energy this vibe kind of the same way that i have miss olivia here today then you're gonna want to reach out to me let me know how we can connect if you're looking to maybe um gain some clarity and focus on your intimacy life or your sexual wellness we got you covered if you are looking to do one-to-one um sessions I got you covered. If you're looking to do like more of a group experience in a classroom setting, I got you covered. Uh, so all of the things seem to be covered. That's me. But uh, today, what I really want to get into is talking to my special guest, Miss Olivia. Uh, so this is really exciting. Uh, and I, I, I borderline actually thought about this like right before we were getting together. I was like, is it? Is this weird? Is it weird to ask your client to come onto your podcast? <laughs> Uh, but you were enthusiastic about it, which had, you know, put any potential thoughts of uh, doom and gloom that I might have had over it completely on the wayside of it. And also, by the way, com- a little bit of a squirrel, but completely tied into this. There's this really great Netflix documentary, if you have not seen it. I can't believe I don't know what it is right now, but uh, all you have to do is search on Netflix for Jonah Hill, and it'll come up because it's a documentary he did with his psychiatrist, and it's it's wonderful. Yeah, like 99.9% of it is filmed in black and white. Um, it's just really good. It's like he, he said he wanted to do it because his life was so changed by therapy that he really just wanted these like little um, thought nooks and crannies that his, his therapist gave him. He wanted to give it to as many people as he wanted, and his therapist agreed to do the documentary, and it was it was great. I, I highly recommend it, but that's but this was not like in notion of that. That wasn't inspired by that. I've had plenty of people on the podcast before, but it just was kind of linear in that idea. Is like that was kind of my intention, right? Like anybody who's listened to me long enough is going to understand that I'm not having um, a client on here to to just like plug what I do. Like I do that enough by running my motor mouth. What I really wanted Olivia to come on here is because she's one of my favorite people in terms of just overall, because we've known each other for a lot longer than I've been doing the coaching thing. Uh, we've kind of grown together between a, a, a whole different business structure into what we're doing here t- together today. But your desire and curiosity around personal awareness is what I really, really wanted you to be here for. Because, you know, even though coaching has been something that is like becoming more mainstream, stream it's more readily available all of the things whatever you want to kind of associate to it um, there are some people who are still a little bit confused to what it is why would I ever consider it uh, so on and so forth and that's why we decided we were going to do this today is I think that Olivia's going to be a really good uh, resource for that basically so uh, before we get too far into just like gushing all the wonderful things about who she is and how far she's come uh, let me just let you introduce yourself would you tell them who you are and whatever you're willing to share yeah, for sure. Um, so Rachel, I met Rachel. I want to say ten years ago, and I don't know if that's accurate or close or <laughs> anything like that. Maybe it's probably eight. close, but not. I mean, because I didn't know Savannah until I was at least three years in. Five. Yeah, yeah, I would say definitely over five, between five to ten, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds crazy. First, um, but so we met in the the pure romance space to begin with. Right. And then grew together. I was always so intrigued by the way that you did parties and the way that you 
spoke to people and I mean, obviously specifically women and the team, the way that you built your team and encouraged their growth and all of those things. Um, so that was always huge to me, but about me, I guess I'm seven years young, a mother of three. I co-parent my oldest daughter, my six-year-old. She's in first grade with um, a wonderful man and his wife. We absolutely adore them. Just dropped her off there. And so that's awesome. Um, in a relationship with my youngest two's dad. We love him too. <laughs> um, and other than that, I mean, I just, this the past couple years, I've just wanted to both make a change in myself and have been recognizing would you add a generational I don't want to say curses I feel like that's it's a hard tra- word but, but for it, it. trauma and curses they kind of go together yeah generational so repeating like behaviors <laughs> yep yes that I've recognized that I want to pass on to my kids and so that's where it started with growing myself and all of those things because I am it has to start there that's and so that's how I got into this, um, the coaching aspect of it. I watched you for a long time. I did your empowerment class, all of the things, and then this was the next step. This is what I wanted to do. This was the growth path I needed to take. This is where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was beautiful and so truthful. Yeah, yeah a little walk down memory lane. Uh, so you have you, because I guess I, I, I feel a little silly to have tap even ask, but have you ever done traditional therapy? Yes. I thought so. Oh, yeah, with mom. You, yeah, of course, now it's coming back to me now that I ask, of course. Well, so um, without, with, of course, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, what, how long ago was that? How long did you go? And what did you find most effective about it? Yeah, so it's all been within the last four years. Um, I have seen three different therapists, uh, I guess, um, different, I don't know, yeah, like legitimate like therapists in the traditional sense. Right. Um, it started, I did one in person, and then during the COVID era, we had like, I did a, I had a Zoom therapist, and then I went back in office a couple times after that. <laughs> um I don't know. I mean, there are pros and cons to it. I mean, obviously they have degrees and things in this. They talk to a lot of people as well. So they do have knowledge behind it. I think what's lacking there for me was it takes me a long time to develop the trust and like personal connection with somebody. So I would pour my heart out to them, start from square one. There's always, and I feel like what you say without them knowing me, what I was saying typically I felt like I was put in a box Mm. is what I can say like I would tell them the things that I've been through and they would automatically go with a label PTSD all of these things and like I don't feel that way and so while that may be true scientifically or whatever the word may be um that's not the type of therapy I was looking for and so the reason I chose to start this path instead was due to the lack of personal, like just getting to know someone. I don't feel like with the three different people that I talked to, I don't think that happened a single time. I don't, I didn't feel seen as an individual ever. I always felt like a number or just another appointment and things like that. And that's not a good feeling when you genuinely want to, uh, 
change yourself and figure out your emotions and understand what's going on in your life and how to handle it. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, so you and I have been uh, doing the one-to-one sessions now for, oh my gosh, it's been so, somewhere in the midst of nine months to a year. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think, yeah, maybe a little bit longer. It was kind of sporadic before, but pretty consistently, yeah, at least since Lily was born, I think, so probably about a year. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, I was trying to remember the correlation and the timeline there. And, and I would agree, like, with what you said, uh, because, like, I scream it from the rooftops that therapy changed my life. It was the place that I gained self-awareness. My therapist was actually even able to explain it to me that, you know, like you're going through this where you're basically recognizing that there's a whole other person inside your head. And she was the one that gave me that language. And, you know, um, where where I relate to exactly what you talked about talking about is like it, when you go though, it's not like you're talking to a friend, you know, and it, it's weird because I don't feel like that hindered me at all, but that I would agree that that's part of the difference in coaching is that there's a reason why people gravitate towards me, right? It's, it, there's something of either there's some similarity that they're like, I've, I've heard this in my story or I, you know, I want what she has is what I think a lot of people do. And not just me, like any, anybody that they're looking at, I want that, what they, they want, I want what they have, but it's often not even about a lifestyle. It's just about the energy it's the way that they project that they feel it's the way that they project that they process or whatever the case may be and so I would agree that there's a personality difference between most therapists and what people would align with as coaching and it is more conversational style in my opinion that's also what I tell people is my job is not to heal you and I don't really think that a therapist job is either but that people would associate that Again, just like you had said, they have these textbook skills that they have learned that are incredibly helpful and incredibly incredibly intuitive, uh, and I would never negate how that could be so important for people. Where as like that, what, what I believe has happened for me in uh, in this space is that it's kind of a mix of both, right? Like I have so much information that I have gone out independently in research because of my curiosity or the fact that it absolutely would directly impact my business positively. I know that to be true, but then it's mixed. It's almost like I want to say like street psychology you know what I mean like it's almost it's a little bit laid back but it but the thing that I'm very proud of is that the intermix of my experience is where I can draw from right it's like what you're talking about is that if somebody comes in and they they're a b and c check mark check mark check mark these boxes it's easy to say something like oh yeah you probably do have ptsd right and what what i hear is holy shit you're a human being who has gone through some stuff let's talk about it as much as you want to let's process it as much as you need to but then let's also help to rewire your brain so that we can get past that icky sticky sticky like stuck type of feeling whenever you're going back to that emotion you know what i mean yeah and i feel like there's so much more i wouldn't say i didn't benefit at all from traditional therapy I would say that it was good I know we've had a conversation as well about the difference in sometimes you it's so good to go in there and just start talking right. I even wrote to like we both love like a good whatever word vomit vet session thank you for coming to my TED talk type situation right <laughs> and I think that that's a good place to do that too and that's when I noticed like I was solving a lot of my own problems or what whatever lack of better term for that talking to myself yes with them there yes and which I love um and I still firmly believe like maybe I just didn't find the right therapist I didn't put that much effort into it I was just looking for people that were in network with my insurance and all these things like 
I didn't dig deeper and how you said that you think that therapy changed your life and then the coaching thing is a different aspect. I would also say that now that I've done the coaching and I understand I have more of the tools that I need, like I would almost feel comfortable exploring traditional therapy again with more of an open mind and more of an understanding of what I'm looking for and things along those lines, because I'm not against doing both by any means. Like you had said, I mean, it goes totally along with the personal development and digging deeper and all of those things. So yeah, maybe I'll do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, and I had, so like my very, one of my very first coaching clients who was doing one-to-one sessions, very, um, religiously week after week after week after week we were doing them and she went through a really big life event uh, about a year ago and it's something that we had been talking about in our sessions but it was slightly ironic in the sense because I felt like I was a therapist whereas I was like I'm, I can't tell you what to do I'm not going to tell you what to do I think you're asking right. me to tell you what to do but this is not my decision to make kind of thing and then when the decision was finally made she messaged me and was like I got to go to, I got to go to the traditional therapy. She's like, I'm gonna, I'll keep you in the loop. I'll talk to you or whatever. And, um, I was so, I'm just going to put this out into the universe because it's necessary. I was so proud of myself for not being hurt by that. Like, what do you mean? Like we invested all this time together and then you know, she needed something that I was incapable of giving her at that time. And I wanted her to feel safe and definitely wanted her to process because that's my ultimate goal, right? Like if, 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 I mean, it should be everybody's in business, to be honest, but, like, that's not really a good marketing plan is to say, like, I'm just going to help you do what you need to, then I'm going to, like, send you on your way. <laughs> that's what I want, though. I don't want people right. to think that they have to work with me forever, but that, but you're right. I, I do believe that that is one of the things that's, like, you you can actually get literal skill sets. People in therapy, uh, there's an actual... I mean, there's literal skill sets, I guess is what I'm trying to say that, Hey, if you're, yeah. if you're struggling with processing, you know, here's where we're going to try A, B and C. Whereas again, uh, I, I start to try to digest what I still would call myself because I still don't really like life coach. I still think perspective coaching is cool, but it's almost sometimes like, I feel like I'm an emotions coach because that's all that it yeah. is, is just getting you to recognize what you've been trying to bypass and feeling really recognize ultimately what the real feeling is that you're feeling. You're probably not feeling anger. That's a secondary emotion and so on and so forth. So anyways, that was just a little bit of a squirrel moment. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I the emotional side of it is, I don't know. It's so hard to explain. I don't, you know how that happens. I scrolled myself out of, I also realized I forgot to make food for the kids. So <laughs> a little bit distracted there for a second. Um, I was supposed to put that in the oven mom life. Um, but yeah, the perspective shift of it all is just so different. Like you said that she needed a, the traditional kind of therapy and things like that. Oh, it was because she wanted the answers or the next step and things like that. And I think I have expected that so many times, even after however many sessions we have, sometimes I feel like that's what I need. And in similar to the traditional therapy, like I have found a way to like just talking through it. And I have found a way to recognize what I think is the next step. I don't know, and then just need validation or whatever the case may be, kind of understanding um, whether that would be right or wrong. What impact, you asking me even, like, what impact do you think that would have? What are you expecting if you make that decision? And just understanding those questions that I wouldn't have asked myself Mm -hmm. helps a ton. So you don't, yeah, I've I've learned not to expect a, you should do this next. You should say this to this person. But somehow 
we get there. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, I like what you said because, like, when I think about therapy, too, it was very similar to how you structured it. It was, like, often it was me just word vomiting and, you know, very clichely sometimes you got that, well, how does that make you feel, which is still just as it is an important question to ask. And a lot of the times, um, which I've heard from numerous therapists, so not, like, not specifically my own, but people who are in psychology fields, whereas that is what they do, right, is, like, they, they, they try to intend to hold space for you to figure it out because like this this client I'm talking about ironically right so she says that she's in therapy and her therapist hasn't specifically said your ex is a narcissist that was what it was about was her relationship and a breakup but she gives her this book which is like how to spot a narcissist basically (laughs) and like gives that to her so it's like I'm not going to tell you that he's a narcissist which is very true because when people come to the realization on their own it's so much more impactful it's so much more important and I certainly don't want to plant seeds for anybody especially if it's not the right decision for them even if I don't agree with what decision they're going to make that's not my choice to make for them so when you say that like you know I think that some of the the things that I I have found as a strength in my business is being a place that you can relate to right like I often say in my coachings this isn't the exact same thing you're going through but this reminds me of a time where a b and c and here's how I processed it or here's how I split my perspective or here was even the way that the other person gave me a tool to kind of navigate through this whereas most therapists would not dare to you know bring something from their personal life into a a therapy session and that's a huge difference too I mean even with just our last session how we share our opinions our ideas our stories and you're open with doing those things and I don't want to generalize all traditional therapists in saying this but they're kind of just a bump on the log with a degree (laughs) like just kind of when you're sitting there talking to them there there's no it's, it's like it's not a conversation it's not a back and forth it's one way and it's different mm-hmm. there are things that you can handle in therapy and there are things that you can handle in emotion coaching and things like that but it is it's different it's yeah, it is. And, yeah, for different reasons, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I would agree. I think that that's the best way we can really distinguish between the two is because they are very similar. It's like the Venn diagram, of course, where they have a lot of similarities, but they're also very different. Uh, and I'm just, I just feel blessed. I feel blessed that. You know, I haven't been doing it for very long, but I've had, I just had somebody, a complete stranger reach out to me yesterday. I found it in my Facebook Messenger, others, and I was just completely taken aback by what she said. And again, all ego aside, it just like, it was almost a moment where I started crying because it was like my heart was so full that, you know, some of those days where you do the the mothering thing and you're like, should I be doing this thing? Am I doing enough? All those silly little things that women do, especially myself uh, as a business owner and a mother, it was just like, what I'm doing matters. And not like on a grand school like global scale that somebody's going to validate and recognize me but for myself that I am in the right position I'm doing what I'm supposed to do so it all does matter it makes it makes a huge difference uh, for sure so I'm really grateful that you are in the space like sharing this with us and uh, allowing people to kind of get a, a, a perspective if they didn't already have that and what they might need yeah. so let's talk a little bit more about personal development itself did you have something else to say um I was just gonna say um, I guess with that, the knowledge that you've gained just talking to so many people and the learning that you do when it comes to individuals and things like that, when, I don't know if we had said this yet, but when we did couples coaching, I have also done the couples coaching thing with you, and so you've spoken to my partner as well as me, both individually and at the same time and things like that, and um, explaining to him the difference as well, explaining to him why I felt 
that this would be more impactful in the space that we're currently in would be just astronomically different because it's not just a textbook thing. It's not just a person with a degree. It's a person with genuine, real experience and understanding of how people uh, communicate with each other and raise kids together and all of those so yeah 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 and relationships are they're my forte sex and intimacy is my forte yeah like whereas generalized coaching is something i'm good at and i can do it and i love it and i can i believe that my skill sets are going to continue to grow that's it i i agree with that is that you know uh an ability even i i'm always very pleasantly surprised when more men reach out to me very pleasantly surprised i'm always a little bit nervous about how to be received by the opposite sex and ultimately you know my goal is that it's just being a woman whisperer like you want to be happy you want your partner to be happy and you need to know that if women are coming to me asking me to talk to you it's because they love and care about you and they just don't feel like you're hearing them and not in a sense that they need to be whiny and bitchy you're not hearing that they love you and they're concerned about you and not you necessarily individually but yes maybe but more about the relationship not because you're ready to walk out the door which is so thankful not usually the case it's more that I'm actually going to play, you, I'm going to you, you always said like when you guys wanted to do coaching is that because you're in a good place, not because you're in a bad place, because you're in a good place that you want to continue to grow the good stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, yeah. And I had to explain that to my partner as well. I don't know if we name drop. It's up to you. Totally yeah. up to you. So yeah, I had to explain that to Yancy, my partner as well, that like, I'm not, I don't want to do this because I think that we have problems or because we fight too much or I feel like we're on the rocks Mm -hmm. at the end. It's because we have the tools to grow and we have good communication. There was just a misfire somewhere. There was just something to where we were saying what we needed to, but it wasn't being heard the way it should. And we wanted that right. for ourselves. We don't want things to get worse. We don't want to fight louder or harder or longer or any of those things. So nip it in the bud. We decided to just stay steady and get better as opposed to getting worse. And I think that's a good place to start. I don't think you should wait too long to do it. I think everyone should be in some sort of therapy or coaching, individual, couples, family, get your kids and your grandparents and your parents and everybody in the loop i love it Mm -hmm. yes i agree uh but i I do also think that's profound because i also think that a lot of people even with traditional therapy they don't go until it's a problem like there is they've been they've been assigned to go or their family is basically pleading with them to go or whatever the case may be i would agree with that it's just the same as i was gonna align this with like diet culture but honestly it's not much different a lot of people don't go to the gym until they're feeling disgusting or they're out of shape or their doctors are telling them it's mandatory right it's the same kind of thing is if we have good habits in our relationship that's going to be a foundation of having clear expectations before that's one of the things we've talked about i tried preaches from the rooftops if we could change one thing about how we talk to our children about relationships it would be that teaching them the skill set if you know exactly what it is that you want you should be able to vocalize this to uh, a potential partner so that potential partner knows exactly how you're going to show up how you expect them to show up and wonder if they can show up that way for you so that you can reevaluate at any time and then ultimately take it one step further that if it was not going to work out nobody would be upset if you had these monthly quarterly yearly check-ins with each other and you're like at this point we're like well we've been together for three years i think it's just it's time for us to decide are we moving forward with this relationship or not no you don't want to get 
get married after all this time. No qualms. No, no, no I'm not taking that personally. We, we've decided that we are, you know, making this decision right now. So you'll go your way. I'll go my way. I'm going to appreciate this relationship for what it was worth and what you gave me. Best of luck in your single, t- singledom. I'm going to go and try to find somebody who wants to create a life through marriage. We're just not, we take it personally. What do you mean I'm not good enough for you? Why wouldn't you marry me? Well, because I just never wanted to get married. Why not? No, you go talk about the whole path. Yeah. Yep. Then there's that rabbit hole. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was beautifully said. So, yes. So, personal development. Like, when do you feel like you were kind of exposed to this is even like a concept? Oh. Um, good question. I think I. It was because of my relationship with Nancy. I firmly believe that. And I have told you that in previous relationships, and I have found that this is due to the relationships or lack thereof that I have seen throughout my life. I previously have been a runner. I, there is one issue in the relationship. I start to get annoyed. I feel uncomfortable. I leave or I make them leave, you know? (laughs) So whatever the case may be. And with Nancy, I'm not saying it was all unicorns and rainbows. We were together three months before I found out that I was pregnant with my son. And so it's been hard. We got thrown into a lot of things. I mean, 18 months after that, we bought a home. And two months before we bought the home, we had another baby. So it's so much. And I, even through all, do we say cuss words? Yeah. <laughs> all of the shit crazy tomfoolery that we have been through I don't want to run I find so much peace and love in understanding him more and getting to know him more and wrapping my head around that and trying to like you would say like not fight with my monkey mind that was telling me to leave when things got hard made me want to change I want to understand how to know myself deeper so that I can respect him the way that he deserves same thing with my kids and my grandmother who has raised me a good majority of my life we have a lot of back and forth there are things that happen there are things that we're both dealing with and and my mom you know that story. I just want to understand myself enough to grow these relationships with other people and so that was where I had to start in order to appreciate what I had raise good humans have a strong relationship understand my family and what they've been through and the way that they the reason they are the way that they are i had to figure out me mm-hmm. so that's where i wanted to start personal development yes you can control only what you can control and that's you that's you that's you your actions and your thoughts and feelings and emotions um yeah, yeah that was beautiful um really really beautiful because the the most important well you everything you said was important but one of the things i wanted to pull at was your your intention right again like when we get lost in like diet culture that is if you're not working to get healthy you're working to lose weight and those are two different things and if you're lo- working to lose weight it's really because you're looking for some form of acceptance probably not from self probably from an outside source which is never going to make you happy anyway you were the complete opposite of that in terms of your attention. It wasn't like I need to, I need to be better so I can make more money. I need to be better. So my fiance or my, my boyfriend will turn into my fiance and propose to me. I need to be better. So my mom will get off my back and leave me alone, you know? And that's the reason people often enact changes because they want things to be better for themselves, which I'm going to pull this line real quick because it's one of my favorite personal development quotes, which is don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. 
And that is something that I just have to remind myself because I, I get into that victim mentality of like, God, like, why can't I catch a break? You're not meant to catch a break. Like, that's life. Like, it's just going to keep going. So you can either check out and feel like, woe is me, or you can really step into a power and understanding that you're a human being who has survived 100% of the things you didn't think you could so far. So what makes this different? Nothing. So with your intention of, I want to understand the people around me better, huh? That's beautiful because you're realizing that they're individuals with their own perspectives and life journeys that are not going to align with yours. Even if it's your brother who you guys grew up so close together, it's not going to be the same. And even though you guys are so close in age, you are not only completely different people, you have completely different intentions in life and completely different outlooks on life and so on and so forth. So it's always remarkable when you consider something like that, right? So your intention of if I understand them better... I understand not just myself better because that's an independent journey, of course, but I understand how my flow will go. Because if I know my mom acts A, B, and C and grandma acts one, two, three, it's not about masking and becoming them and them. It's like understanding, which I already said, but you take things less personally when you can see their blueprint. You can see their history. You can see what has led them to be here today, why they don't have trust so they snap at me all the time, or why, um, you know, they didn't have a bunch of love growing up so they date, 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 date. I'm just making up things, of course, as I'm going. But that's not something that we then have to stand on the outside and just judge because that's what we do. When we understand, it just makes so much more sense, and then we, we waste less of our time and energy over explaining it to self, let alone all the people that we're talking to about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, there would just be, if I sat in, so that was, tying this back into traditional therapy, that is what they thought that the, why I was there. Like the, they thought there was so much, there was supposed to be so much anger and resentment and um, I don't want to say guilt necessarily. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but I don't have that I don't think I or I don't want to maybe that's why I started I I don't it's just so much deeper than if I can put myself in their shoes I guess or understand that I would have no idea what I would do if I were put in their position I think that opens my eyes to so many different emotions and so much more um forgiveness and things like that and it's not about me. That's the thing. Like the way that they feel and the way that they react and the things that they've known, none of that is my fault. None of that is because I'm here. It's if anything, the way that I react and the way that I talk to them about it can hopefully if I'm teaching myself what I want to be, or you're teaching me what I need to hear, then hopefully I can only make it better, not worse. Yeah. So that's kind of my goal. I don't, yeah, it's empathy. I don't know if that's that what you anything. Yeah, that. yeah. Word vomit, but no, it was a really good one. And that, but that's what you were describing was it's a skill set empathy. It's something that everybody mm-hmm. can learn and everybody should because that's exactly what it is. If I put myself in that person's shoes, if I can even catch a glimpse of their perspective, it makes so much more sense to me, and it eliminates for me to taking it personally. And the thing about taking things personally that I find is like a huge hiccup with most people is that when we don't think take things personally, it's that our subconscious convinces us that we're. 
accepting all of the bad behaviors, things, actions, beliefs that people are spewing out to us. That's not it at all. It's not even acceptance of that. It's just what you had said, which is a realization is I can't control them and I'm I'm not making them do anything. I, I have to really sit back and reflect on how is this going to affect me? What are my choices going to be around the situation? And then when you take that one step further, right, because the cycle, of course, is that if the person's trying to get you to react, then they're going to get what they want, and then you're just back into that loop. But when you sit back and really analyze and then choose who to be in this moment, you do break that cycle like you had talked about earlier, but you bring relief to yourself and then exponentially, hopefully, inspire the person right in front of you like you had said. They're either going to, like, say, oh, my God, like, this is a completely different person or this is a completely different experience. I wasn't expecting this. Every time I've done this in the past – a, B, and C happened, but one, two, and three just happened. So you really knock people off their rocker from time to time because they they didn't expect that. The very first time something different happens, it's a good thing because they either are going to choose to like learn a little bit more and then be in your presence to allow that to inspire them. And as we've talked about, of course, the other option is that they don't. There is no neutrality. I think that's an important note to make is that once people have exposure like this, there's never neutrality. Even if it's not a conscious decision, the, the subconscious decides that I move closer to that thing, which is that beautiful, radiant thing that uh, Olivia's putting out there for me, or I'm moving farther away from it because it intimidates the ever-living heck out of me, and I don't know why. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what I was going to say, too, when you're explaining that, it's I almost wanted to do like kind of a miniature version of what you did. If you so you did all of this personal development and all of this digging deeper and you're continuously doing that, of course, but you went through all of these steps and did it all yourself before you felt the uh, courage that you had the knowledge that all of these things to do it for other people before you felt like you could teach that to other people. Mm -hmm. And I so badly want that for myself and my kids and my under this roof family that I had to start with myself because like I said, that's, that's what we can do. And then you said it before too. You want other people. You, it's so good and it feels so good and it is hard, but the reward is so great that I want that for the people around me that I love. I'm not saying I'm going to take a step and start preaching to the choir like you do. Like I'm not doing all of that, but it, it is such a smaller scheme, but it's so important to me. And I think, I think anyone can and should do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I, that's the point. Yes. Well, so what you said reminds me of a story, and then I'm going to actually circle back to what you said. So the story is, like, the shortened version of this is that a a lady goes to Buddha and was like, I need you to teach my son, tell my son to stop eating so much candy. He, like, he eats too much sweets. And so the Buddha says, bring your child back, like, in three days, 12 days, something crazy, right? And she's like, okay, but she did it. Uh, So she comes back, and then the Buddha tells, like, the son, like, you can't eat that much sweets or whatever, whatever. And the, the lady's like, why did you make me bring him back? you know, three days, 12 days, whatever it was. And she's like, or Buddha says, oh, cause I couldn't ask him to do something I'd never done. And it was like, oh. like a light bulb for me right is like exactly it was like to piggyback on what you just said it's like we can't expect humans let alone our children to do things that we are that that whole phrase of like do what i say not what as i do and it's just it's it's yeah it falls on deaf ears like i never understood why that didn't work right my parents used to say that to me all the time i'm like okay great like do the right thing i understand you're doing the wrong thing but i'm supposed to do the right thing why would we we're carbon copies of every little 
thing that ever inspired us, our parents, teachers, pastors, caregivers, government, celebrities, all of those things, whether we like it or really realize it or not, it is those people who inspire us. So what you just said is to be true. So if you are kind and patient and empathetic to every single person that you love, your children by default will be a byproduct of that. Even if they only had it a hundred percent from you and zero percent from Yancey, which is not what's happening anyway, right? They still get 50% of that level of empathy, which is light years ahead of most people in the general public anyway. So, um, that was really brilliant that you said that. And then when you talked about like, I don't know that I'll be preaching this stuff from the rafters in the same way that you do. It doesn't matter. It, I'm not Tony Robbins and I'll never be Tony Robbins. Right. And I, I'm in full acceptance. I don't want that. I don't want to travel that much. I, I would love to travel that much. I don't want to work that much. Let's just be frank. I don't want to work that much. So I'm in full acceptance. I'll never be Tony Robbins. You're in full acceptance. that You'll never be Rachel vote because you don't want to be me. And I don't want to be Tony. Right. We, but we do have the same aspirations in a sense of just living a calmer, cooler, more effective life. And we want other people to feel that. So your work that you do is just as important. If you did not already realize that we've never said this out loud to one another, uh, but I believe that to be true. And so like, it's just an extension of the work that I do, right? That, I mean, that's ultimately what I want. I don't want to sit here and talk about my doom and gloom childhood past all the fucking time. Cause then I'm just reliving that, even though I've worked to be better at it. I want to talk about the skill set that's going to work best for you so that you do feel happier and healthier as you navigate through this life that nobody really has the blueprint for because you are individualistic to your own story so it is just as important if not more because I'm just one person hoping that somebody's going to cling to something that I say and then say tell me more you're somebody who's like I want my children to that have the skill set I don't want them sitting in therapy or in coaching 10 20 years from now because they already know these things and they're already implementing it from start so their kids will see it from the beginning their friends will see it from the beginning their co-workers will see it from the beginning uh, it's not something that you know like I don't, cause I don't know if you can relate to this but like for you and I right like sometimes I think about like let's just use my family I think that's probably the best example because they've seen me from z- day zero it doesn't matter how much I change or how much weight I lose or how kind I am. They are always going to associate me as 2018 Rachel's I like to refer, right? There are some people in my family who are going to get it, love it. They're going to move on with me. But this is like my aunt that just married into the family five years ago, right? Because she does not know that past me. But a particular aunt or uncle, and that isn't really the case, but I'm just going to make this up, right? They may never, ever smile at me again because we had such a, a turbulent relationship previously, but they can't accept that I might be a different person now, you know? So you're kids they don't have an uphill battle to go through as much everybody will have their own shit but but i think that it's just just as important and even with that i have had to and we've talked about this both with yancy and my oldest my addison she i have such honest conversations i have the most empathetic big-hearted loving caring emotional (laughs) six-year-old it's a blessing and a curse but I have openly told Nancy when I'm making changes when I'm doing things differently I started I don't know where it is but I started reading the love dare and it was 40 days of doing things differently and it says you can do it secretly not tell your partner and I told Nancy I was like I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing every day but I'm telling you that I'm doing this because I don't want to say that I don't want the recognition or the validation, but I want to point out I'm trying. Mm. I am not the same. Like it's because I'm making plus, it up. Plus you mean the- something to me. That's why I'm doing this. Exactly. It's not because I want a gold star or a reward. I want you to recognize that I am making changes for myself and for you. And I've said the same thing to Addison. Like I need you to hold me accountable. Like <clears throat> I am, I want to yell less. I am not, 
a patient parent right now. Like, I'm just not, I don't have good patients. That's where I fall short a lot. And with two toddlers, a dog, a first grader, a boyfriend, just, and work and all the things, I'm terrible at it. And I told Addison, I want to yell less. I would like to ask you to give me the grace and if you can to accept my apology when I don't do that and when I come to you and say I should not have raised my voice in that situation I should have probably asked you to uh sit down for a second and wait for my whatever I don't know a good example off the top of my head right no that's now, good like that's a good one I told her that I want to be better that I have not done a good job of that and I the honesty behind that is so important to me I don't want to do that blindly I want her to know and I want her to understand that if she falls short or if she has things that she struggles with that she's what she considers herself not good at that she can make those changes and she can try harder and she can do anything that she wants to do that's so important to me same with my relationship I said I want to talk to you guys differently I want to talk to Yancey differently and Sometimes she doesn't get it all, but usually she is there to hold me accountable and to ask questions and answer my questions. And she accepts my apology all the time. She has never told me no, and I am so grateful for that. Yes, because we just don't give kids enough credit in that resiliency because they haven't been broken enough to not forgive the way that adults hold on to those types of grudges. And um, so with what you had said, it brought up two things for me. Uh, I'll try to remember... I'll try to remember both of them, but um, the first one in reference to like when I started switching into the more gentle parenting, which pe- people hate that term. So I think what's most important is like that they're starting to switch it from the, the term of gentle parenting to regulated parenting because that's exactly what it is, right? You're the one that has yeah. to maintain your uh, nervous system when you're you feel like your kids got big feelings and you're losing your patience, like you talked about, right? It's not that we're being gentle and letting them get away with the bad behavior. It's that I'm coming from a place where I'm taking those deep breaths. I'm gaining some patience before I come to you and be like what are you screaming about why yeah so that's one thing I just wanted to to bring that up um, in a sense because one thing that used to scare me is that as I started moving towards the more gentle parenting is that like I was fearful of um of scarring my children in some way, shape, or form. Like, I was already fearful that I had done it, so, like, I was fearful that I needed to kind of walk on eggshells. But some of the most important um, feedback that I've read about is that it's not that children are traumatized by having things happen to them. It's that if they're left alone with that trauma, if somebody never coddles, coddles the wrong word, if somebody never helps them process, if somebody never, like, gives them perspective on what that meant to them so that they can really move forward, that's when the trauma occurs. And that made so much more sense to me because you can't expect that bad things are going to happen to your children even if you've done the best of your parenting abilities if, if, if anything you should be helping that to expose them to those things prior so that they're not left hanging without the knowledge or the language or the wherewithal that these bad things are meant to happen to people because that's just life it's the tools that you have to navigate through them uh there's a, a conversation that's happening right now where you know, people are saying we need five times more child psychologists and there's everybody that's coming back and saying we don't need more child psychologists. What we need is more parents going to therapy. <laughs> like it's nothing. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not your children. It's how we are constructing our children to become is the quote unquote problem. So <sighs> I digress. We need yeah, to be- I just listened to a podcast. I've been listening to um, we have this conversation about um, religion and spirituality, but I've been listening to more religious podcasts, especially when it comes to religious parenting. I love um, some of the ideas behind it and the approach to it. Anyway, this um, Famous at Home podcast did a podcast about 
um, managing kids and their worry. And Addison, like I said, she's very emotional and she has a lot of worries. And I have had a tendency to say, are you worried about Miles and Lily getting more attention than you? Are you worried about what's going on at school? Are you worried about going back to your dad's house? And I don't want to say that anymore because what they pointed out is that you can put, you think that the worry and emotions that your kids are feeling are so much worse than they really are 99.9% of the time. Yes. Kids can literally feel, start crying because they're hungry. And I think that she feels neglected and unloved and unwanted and like I haven't done enough or whatever and Mm -hmm. kid just needs a cheese stick. Yes. So (laughs) that's such a different approach and the way that just opening up the boundaries for her to say what she needs instead of me telling her what I think she needs is such a huge difference. And yes little tools like that and learning little things like that can make just a world of difference and it's cool yeah. to hear stuff like that I love people's perspectives that's my jam yep I would agree I would agree um I was in a situation not too long ago where like there were some adults and some kids and the kid uh, the, the kid that was there was disappointed about something they had plans later that day it didn't work out or whatever and um it was maybe 10-15 minutes later you know one of the other adults said to their child well, are you to like let your bad attitude like affect the rest of the night kind of thing? And like in 2018, Rachel even would have like agreed, like take your energy someplace else. Like this is really bugging the rest of us. But the 2022 of me, of course, was like, oh, like how did you say that to your kid? Of course they're devastated. Maybe we should have just shifted the perspective to like, man, it really sucks that things didn't work out. I completely understand. I really hate it when, you know, I can't hang out with my friends or A, B, and C, whatever it was. And, um... You know, like, what can we do, you know, to kind of bring you back through that or whatever? Uh, It is a fine line because I find, like, when I first started doing personal development, I also wanted to, like, um, bring awareness to everything for my kids to give them the language. But that is to the detriment, right? Like, I still use this analogy that I think that most people can relate to is that we know, we know that babies and young children are cave people, they do exactly what they want, when they want. They live in primal mode because they don't they don't have society yet. They don't have that. We give that that through community with the best of intentions. We want you to have acceptance, of course, within our tribe. We want you to be taken care of. We want you to be considered normal, quote-unquote, whatever that may be. So we do these things to you to bring you out of your present state of mind of being happy and joyful and crying at the drop of a habit, going immediately back to happy. Uh, we do that to them. We give them that consciousness. And so... We really do them a disservice in that regard because um, we, we, we cause the separation, right? The separation of yeah. uh, accept, acceptance via outside sources, uh, love through outside sources, security via outside sources. I don't have that ability. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and we, again, it's, we did it. Because we think we're being helpful, and 90, 90% of the time we are, but we then make love conditional for our children. Because if you're not accepted by society, then shame on you. And if you're not accepted by society, then I don't love you as much. And if you're not accepted by society, I don't even know that I can treat you anything other than not special because of, of that reason or whatever. But it is the kids who get it right. Yeah, and there's so much more forgiving, just like you had mentioned, right? Like, just like puppy dogs, they're going to let things go a heck of a lot easier than adults do who have built up energy is ultimately what it is, but it's just that energy and emotion that we just never processed. So that's another takeaway that I want people to understand when it comes to personal development and coaching and anything you're trying to do to make a change. What you were talking about with the parent, the way that you would talk to your kid and the way that the other parent, I was 
both of those parents mm-hmm. last night. We got to Zoo Lights, and Addison was upset because the little coffee shop wasn't open, and she didn't get her own apple cider. She had to share an apple cider because she always drops it, and then she ended up with a hot chocolate, and she didn't get enough of the funnel cake, and just, and I was like, Addison, why would we do anything fun? You're perfectly happy at home, and then when we go to do anything fun, you're mad. And I didn't, I flipped out. And it was just all these, and she was crying. I'm like, we are at Zoo Lights. <laughs> what do you have tears for? And we got about halfway through or whatever, and she was just mopey, and I put my knees on the wet-ass ground to get to her eye level, and I said, Addison, we are trying really hard to make this fun. What do you need from me? Like, I said, I I don't know. Just we talked about the mutual respect because she snapped at my grandma. She was super crazy. (laughs) Like, all these things, and Nancy was like, you can't fuck your grandma. It was just a mess. Mm -hmm. And I was like if people are being respectful to you and speaking to you in a respectful tone, like, I would just really love to see that you get that back. And, like, I don't know what else we talked about, but I talked to her so genuinely about what she was feeling instead of yelling, and it made a really big difference. Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to enjoy this. You, you're going back to your dad's tomorrow. We get this one night. I know that Christmas lights are extremely important to you and I know you really were looking forward to this and all the things anyway long story short it helped she still had a lot of emotions she ended up dropping her hot chocolate straight out of her hands onto her brand new boots and she knew that that's an issue that we've had we went to three pumpkin patches and she dropped three apple ciders so it was a continuous situation and she was so disappointed in herself and so I had to stand there I literally took a step back I leaned my arm on the trash can and I went and I said, Addison, it's okay. I said, if you would do me a huge favor and grab some of that snow and wipe the hot chocolate off your boots, we can keep going and we'll just toss that right in the garbage. And I yelled every time she dropped a drink before that. And I did it. And it wasn't perfect. No. But I did not scream at her for dropping her hot chocolate because she's a six-year-old. They can't hold on to anything. Right. For, yeah, <laughs> and even though you remind them, hey, do you remember when you dropped all of those hot chocolates and she's still upset because she can't have her own, you know? That is that is what children do. And that is, like, it's unfortunate because, like, I find that it's one of the most stressful things about parenting as well is because it's, like, being in a headspace and having awareness of an emotional intelligence and knowing, quote-unquote, what I feel like I did wrong with Cole and I'm trying to make better for both of my children, biological, but, of course, all three, and what I really want to get right with my four-year-old and that's hard because that ultimately is what it is is like when we look at it in the grand scheme of for us it's 21 days makes a habit 90 days makes a lifestyle these brand new beings here on earth don't even know what these feelings are and it's ultimately our job not only to let them have those feelings because we want to make sure that they understand they are okay doesn't matter if they're big small or medium it's your emotion and if you don't feel it ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to bury it down deep and it's going to in the woo-woo side of things it just harbors this bad energy when you say people are a pain in my neck what's gonna happen you're gonna have fucking neck pain it's the same kind of process because it's buried in your body and it was never expressed that's number one of that right but in addition to that how did it make you feel in terms of like the way you had been reacting to her versus that that interaction so good i can't even wrap my i I don't even really have a word for it and she the best part is that she recognizes it one of the things it will almost make me cry talking about it but one of the things i realized too is she so like when yancy yelled at her 
about the way that she spoke to my grandma, it was a little bit insane for a six-year-old. So he shouldn't have approached it that way. And he wasn't, like, mean about it. He was just like, if I hear you talk to your grandma like that again, we will go back to the car. Mm-hmm. Like, that was uncalled for. Sure. And it was crazy to think of the way she was talking, but she was crying after that. And it wasn't because of what Yancey had said to her. It's 99% of the time because she's so disappointed in herself. And right. I hate and love that for her. I love that she recognizes that what she did was wrong, but I hate that it has such an impact on her that it brings her to tears. Right. Because I forgive her and I want her to have more grace with herself. And we specifically talk about grace and she uses that word and things now, but it's so cool for me to be able to teach her that it's okay to make mistakes and you can change the things that you're doing. And like, you can apologize to grandma and say, I should have reacted differently. And she will forgive you like you forgive me and yeah it's i don't know it's awesome she has such a huge heart and feels things so deeply and so understanding that that it does hurt her when she's in trouble because she does feel remorse and things like that that is so cool and i just hope that i don't pound that out of her and that i teach her to do great things with it oh yeah yeah i mean you already are like that's the difference right it's like yeah it's it's, it is really the hardest job ever is to be an intentional parent it really is and i I, there's just so much that people should be required to go through before they're allowed to have children for their own mental safeness honestly it just is a different world why do people have to get a license to catch a fish but not to have a baby what is this (laughs) for cheap labor that's patriarchy and cheap labor. That's a whole other podcast for another day. For real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, so we've got about eight minutes left uh, of uh, what we've been talking about here today. So we've covered some really, really great points. I would say, like, as we get ready to kind of wrap this up, what do you feel like is um, in personal development, whether it's therapy on your own work, what we maybe talked about in sessions together, too, uh, I would like for you to say, like, what do you feel like is one of the best things so far that's happened to you, a tool set that you've gained, something to that effect? What is something that really keeps you going in it I feel like I've kind of gone over the big ones um I think the change how do I I, I'm struggling with that question I think um fact that the perspective shifts that I've had in regard to every part of my life bring me so much peace that like we said I want that for other people I want that to grow for myself um I think in my relationships like you learn um do unto others as you want done to you is so cliche um the golden rule things like that but it's so true even just with me and Nancy like he's excellent and he isn't different he isn't worse until I am and I recognize that so the way that you talk to people is what you're going to get back and the things that you radiate and the um whatever you put out in the universe what you want to get back and I firmly believe that and that's why I keep doing this so I don't know if I scroll myself out of the answer to your question no, I would accept it. I mean, I think it's kind of in alignment with what I feel about it, too, right? It's like, it's just like, there's so much good that goes into personal development that it would be even really kind of difficult to answer that question. Because it's been an over-life haul for me. 
everything in my life has been affected and that makes me emotional too like my chest and my eyeballs I can feel it is that like there's just not enough time in the day to say about all of the small minute changes that have compiled into a complete lifestyle overhaul you can just feel that so much more good is going out and so much more good is coming in right and it yeah every aspect of it I mean I've noticed it in work in my partnership in my family in my kids in Every day, people that I meet on the street, I my dentist appointment that was a regular checkup turned into a 55-minute, almost a full hour appointment yesterday because me and my hygienist talked about how people have so much energy to worry about other people, and we went into politics, and we talked about the transgender community, and just, it was just so, all these things, like... Yeah, well, you know, that's funny that you said that. I have so many... I think that that's true because, like, when you're in personal development, so, you know, like, how whenever we get started, it's very common that all clients will all say, hi, how are you? And they say, how are you? But in the last three to five years, I've really committed to trying not to just be, like, a bullshit answer. Like, I'm good. How are you? Like, if people ask me, I'm going to tell you. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed right now, but I'm going to process it. And I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm going to say, like, you know, focused and productive. <laughs> You but, do that. Yeah, I do that. But that because that's what like it is such a cliche to just pass somebody on the street and go, Hi, how are you? Fine, fine, fine. That's not human interaction. That is just that is niceness to, to bypass the human connection that is mandatory for community. We keep ourselves asleep by not building upon those relationships with one another. And uh, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, so you talk to me in public, you're going to get like a hi, how are you doing? Don't don't just try to like give me a sup and walk by me. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we well, we talked about the difference too. In sometimes people ask people about how their life's going or how their job is or all these things like for information, mm-hmm. like judgy, nitpicky things. That's true. And you see that a lot. Like, yes, that's the social media culture. That's all of these things. Like, and I talked to my mom, my grandma, my dental hygienist, all the things just yesterday about how I want to hear all of that. Because I want to dig deeper. I want your perspectives and your opinions and your beliefs not to judge them because I want to soak everything in. I don't know how I feel about so many things and my ideas and beliefs and um, just I want to know. You're open. You're curious and open. It's so fun. Yeah. It is, it is much more fun than being closed off and assuming that you know everything, in my opinion, which was a mentality I used to know. That's, that's what I thought because I didn't know any better. But I would agree. It's yeah. very rigid thinking. It, and when you understand, not even just, like, from the curiosity aspect of having different experiences for self, it's about just, like, when I learn somebody else's story and I'm just, like, like when, you remember that conversation that you and I had when the, in the one-to-one about the history of your dad that I had no idea after all these years? My yeah. life was changed after that session. It was such a profound connection between the two of us that I would have never had the opportunity to really, outside of like you know my intimate relationships and my family, to really know somebody. It changes everything when you not only can stop comparing yourself to other people's stories because yours probably not nearly as bad as you really think it is, uh, but also just because of that. Like, I know and care about you so much more, and I'm invested in your story and where you're going because I know those things about you. It's true. It's authentic. It's genuine. Yeah, and like you've said, too, like, I am a basic cisgender for the most part, heterosexual, white, middle-class, Nebraskan woman right. who knows almost nothing right. in comparison to the entire world. 
Yes. I live in a box, <laughs> figuratively and literally, about this big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's... I just don't understand why people wouldn't want to know more about themselves, about other people, about the world, about the universe, about the minds of their kids and the people that they love and... Yes. People should do it. Yep, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I hope by listening to us for the last 59 minutes that um, if you're somebody who's been, like, a little curious about personal development, like, it's not nearly as scary as maybe somebody might think it is as a subconscious level, but just listen to all the benefits that come out of it. And it ultimately is about self. And what's fun about that is that as you grow self, you become – a subconscious byproduct. You're still ultimately doing it for you, but it becomes about your connection to the outside world and the the flowiness that surrounds that. So it means the absolute world to me that you took uh, time out of your busy schedule as a mom and a partner and, uh, you know, somebody who works outside the home and stuff like that to share your experience. I really, I, I'm confident that somebody will be moved by this in some way, shape, or form to inspire them on their journey as well. And I feel really fortunate for that. So as we have like five seconds left, I'm going to have to say, goodbye because it's about to cut us off so thank you so much for listening